Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 245, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone, as always, and I am here with uh, I'm, uh, this this person here. I'm, I'm really excited. I always get excited about my interviews every week, and I, I, I'm very specific on the people who I choose uh, just because I, as a fan, am wanting to know <laughs> just the the just the update, the where are they now, just just what is going on, and and legendary people's. Uh, lives nowadays outside of interviewing, of course, WWE and um, ROH and TNA, you know, talent. Um, this person here, I'm really excited. This is this person comes from a legendary uh, pedigree uh, that has a, a awesome, awesome. First of all, has an awesome uh, stage last name, and also has the best uh, axe handle I've ever seen in my life. Uh, his father. The Polish Hammer, and ladies and gentlemen, this person uh, has been in WWE, has been in WCW, and was an absolute star for the Global Wrestling Federation. Uh, none other, ladies and gentlemen, than former GWF 
North American heavyweight champion, Mr. Scott Putsky. How are you tonight, sir? Great, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic, man. So, Father, the Polish power, Ivan Putsky. Uh, you know, it's usually it's usually a no brainer uh, for people who have such big named uh, parents, uh, namely fathers or mothers uh, that have wrestled in an NWA or WWE um, <clears throat> territory. Uh, very, very known, very very popular uh, uh names it's it's kind of easy for their uh their their offspring to uh have that itch to wrestle as well was your father was your father ivan uh for you uh pursuing a wrestling career or was he against it um i mean he's always you know supported me or whatever i wanted to do originally you know of course he wanted me to play football mm-hmm. you know was, tcu right yeah, I went to TCU, then I ended up with Houston Oilers, and I tore my Achilles heel. So yeah. the next best thing after a couple of years, once I was healed, was to get into uh, wrestling. And uh, it's just kind of what everybody, I, you know, not even my father. I think it was more what everybody else expected me to do. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So where was it that you, uh, what federation was it that you that you started uh, competing for? Actually, you know, the first time I ever worked was uh, – with the Southwest Championship Wrestling, okay, which was Joe Bl- Joe Blanchard's old territory. Yeah. I want to see. Uh, man, I can't remember the guy that owned it. Fred Fred Barron, maybe that was his name. I believe it was. But that uh-huh. was those uh, Mr. Blanchard's old territory, and uh, you know, then I worked in Houston and some place like that, and finally I ended up in Dallas, and uh, you know, worked there. And while I was there, I was in Japan. Went to Japan. I worked for War with Kenneru and those guys with Backlund and uh, or. Um, Warlord Terry. You're on the six man uh, title, right? Yeah. First Americans had the six man title there. Then we went, then I headed up to uh, Mexico and worked there for a while. Nice. And uh, I I enjoyed it, man. I really like Japan more than anything. I mean, you know, the Global Federation, when, uh, when, um, oh, uh, man, now you got me. I'm having a brain freeze. The older? But uh, now, Grizzly, Grizzly Smith was a booker there when I started. Okay, Jake's Jake, father, right? Jake, Jake's yeah. father, yeah. Yep. Dude, I loved the guy. The guy was a jewel, and what a great mind. That's where Jake got all his his intelligence from with his father. And I don't know if you know a lot of people know that. Yeah. But uh, Gr- Grizzly was was really who taught Jake and Sammy and and Robin and all them. You know the psychology of it because. Uh, he was just phenomenal. And he was, he was just a jewel to work for, man. I love the guy, you know, God bless my boy, you know, have nothing but respect for him. Nice. And, uh, he, he really helped me. And, you know, after every match, he'd pull me aside, you know, this is what we did, right. This is what we did wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's what we need to work on. You know, and back then we'd, we'd come into the, the locker room and I was green and I just started working and they had guys like, you know, black bar, Johnny Mantell, and, you know, some of the other veterans, Sam Houston and, now, these guys have been working for a while. Yeah. Um, Akbar, and Al Perez was I'd there get too, in right? there. Yeah, Al Perez. Yeah, and I'd get in there, and you know, I'd look on the board, and you know, guys, it was TV matches. So of course, the TV matches are going to do five, seven minutes of your whole match anyway. They're going to yeah. break it down and cut it down, chop it up, and uh, I'd get in there, and you know, guys in there ten minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes, and then I'd look on and it'd say Putsky. 
25 minutes, 35 <laughs> minutes. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and so finally I went to Grizz after a month of this. And I'm like, Grizz, what are you doing? You're killing me. I mean, why are you, why are you punishing me? He goes, Scotty, I'm not punishing you. I'm teaching you to work. And you know, that's where I really learned to work. And then I'd go to other territories and it was small, you know, and you get kind of spoiled at those other territories and you come back and yeah. it's just what Grizzly, you know, he expected and he, he, you know, he wanted me to do well and he taught me and, and that's really where I learned a lot of stuff there. And I learned a lot of stuff in Japan and stuff. Cause you know, you got, Oh man, they're like five, 10 minute finishes they call there. So, yeah. but though Japan and, and global were just a jewel to work for cause you actually had to work. Yeah. I mean, you actually had to work. There was no talking and, and, and posing. You actually had to get in the ring and put down some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was such a big fan of, of, of GWF. I, I was uh, uh, going into my teenage years, I believe, uh, at the height. I think I was a teen at the close of, of Global, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I remember just <laughs> every uh, – Every day after after school uh, on ESPN, I, I would I would watch Global and uh, you and uh, Dell Wilkes, who I've had on my show before, uh, yeah. Holly, Hollywood John Tatum, uh, yeah. Rod Price. I mean, just Eddie you, Gilbert, you, Eddie Gilbert uh, Doug Gilbert, the Dark Patriot. You know, uh, exactly. Gary Young and um, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, um, a maniac Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all, just all those names. Just, I think, just in the three years that Global existed, it, you know, it's kind of like an ECW. ECW is only around for seven years, but it left yeah. such an indelible mark in the annals of pro wrestling history. And I think Global did the same thing. It had a bunch of people that came out of Global that had successful careers. You end up going to the WWE for a short stint after mm-hmm. Global, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to work up there with with uh, them, and I ended up tearing my quad in a pay per view. And you know, I just didn't see. First of all, there was you know there was a lot of heat between my dad and Vince. So, uh, you know, he, he he was gonna you know I guess stick it to me since he couldn't stick it to pop my old man. So, which was fine. I mean, in a roundabout way, it's it, you know that's just who Vince is, and I wasn't stupid enough to kind of let him do that and hang around and then. Uh, you know, I mean, here's a guy. He puts he puts me in a light heavyweight. Yeah, class, that was weird. <laughs> and I'm 250, and then he's got his. I'm a light heavyweight at 250, and he's got his. As Shawn Michaels was, I guess, his champion at the time. And Shawn, you know, is a buck ninety. He's sopping wet. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and so I was just, you know, people always ask me. And at the time, I was traveling with Joe and Mike, uh, the Road Warriors, and we used to just laugh about it. I mean, we saw this. There were people just, just laughing about it, and they were like, you're a light heavyweight? I was like, I guess I'm whatever they tell me to be. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is – so, you know, this is fake, so I'll be whatever you want me to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing a character, whatever character you like me to be, uh, you know, exactly. and, and scene. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I always thought I always found out – very interesting, uh, personally, because, um, you know, the, the the height of your WWE career, because you had a short stint, like, 93 or so, I remember, and mm-hmm. then, you know, 97 is when the advent of the light heavyweight division came around with Taka Michinoku and, um, yeah. you know, uh, Brian Christopher was, was real big at that time, 
And yeah, it was just it was just really weird. I, I didn't really understand why they put someone who was so jacked up in 250, 260. <laughs> and, I mean, you didn't even look well, like a crazy. It was Vince's way of slapping my dad in the face. Wow. My dad was a big, strong guy. Yeah. So he was going to, you know, try to – it was kind of a dig. Because, you know, Vince is a wannabe bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, and he, he's always tried to we, – we, I dig on last because I know, you know, the ins and outs of muscle fitness and stuff and – the pieces of pictures of Vince in there, it's 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 almost comical because that ain't him, man. Those things are so airbrushed. It is not even funny, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. The guy. You, I mean, it's you can't even tell nowadays unless you get a real photo of someone what what they look like because all these pictures now, magazines are all touched up. I mean, they're photoshopped. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, that's what that's what's happening. Yeah, so I mean, you see people in person and then you see them on you know from a magazine they're like man you don't you know that guy doesn't even look close to like what he looks like in the magazine yeah wow that's that's a whole nother story but you know it is what it is i had a good time i met a lot of good people man and you know the fans were wonderful it's just i you know the writing was on the wall and i was just ready to get out of there man you know i i did my thing i i did you know you said i did it and at that time i was real good friends with ddp and DDP was trying to get me into WCW because it was pretty much a, a, a everybody was just getting big paychecks for doing nothing. I mean, we were a TV company that didn't have house shows, and everybody, you know, they were spending Ted Turner's money like it was water. So we all jumped on that ship and wrote it. I mean, it was a business and it was a job. So you know, it's just like you know, if someone asks you, you want a promotion? We're gonna we got another job for you with another company. I'm gonna pay you a shitload more. Pardon my French, but I'm gonna pay you a lot more. And you do 10 times less of the work. I mean, you have to do a tenth of the work. Where are you going to go? <laughs> uh, I'm going right? to, you know, less money. You're you telling me less work for more money? <laughs> exactly. A tenth <laughs> of the work. It was a tenth of the work. Wow. For more money. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's what, you know, people didn't really, we got checks every two weeks. And, you know, if you worked or not, if you got the same amount of money. Hmm. So. It was just, you know, you, we were all under contract, and, and uh, they were spending Ted Turner's money, and that's what it was. And to me, you know, Ted's whole premise was, I don't care if I make money. I just want to put Vince McMahon out of business. And he had the wrong people in place. You know, Ted didn't know anything about about wrestling, and he trusted the wrong people to run his company, which is crazy because that guy's like a phenomenal businessman. You'd think he would have done his research, but yeah. I mean, putting Bischoff in charge, right? I mean, Bischoff, come on, man. I mean, you know, that's yeah. like that's like that's like uh, uh, you know, putting me in charge of women's figure skating. I know nothing about it. Well, I take that back. I probably know more about women's figure skating than. Bischoff knew about wrestling, so yeah. I mean, well, he does. He did have uh, AWA announcing experience, right? But just not yeah. from a business standpoint. From from you know the office end, he just wasn't the the right guy, huh? No, he knew nothing, man. And they, you know, I mean, they surrounded themselves with Hogan and all these guys who were, who were past their prime, man, and and were you know, it was time to pass the torch, like like the guys before them passed it to them, and. They weren't willing to do it, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's where that's honestly where WCW failed in my eyes, you know, was while uh, although they surpassed Vince in ratings for a short period, during that period Vince was building his stars and they were utilizing old stars and milking the last last, you know, leg off those stars and 
in the meantime, you know, Vince was building his new stars. And then once, once the, the, you know, the, it, the wrestling part of WCW's ran its course in a, what, six months to a year. Yeah. Vince's guys were on top. I mean, and, and, you know, Vince was smart in that aspect of it. Vince is a smart guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. He knows what he's doing. And he even knows what he's doing with the crap he's got on there now. He's just saving money because he don't have, he's not making the money is. But he's a smart guy. And he, he you know, he, he laughed all the way to the bank because what he ended up, you know, Ted Turner wanted to put him out of business. He ended up buying, and I think he just bought his company just to say he bought it. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Evil I mean, he doesn't give a crap about those tapes. <laughs> yeah, you know, WCW became a trophy to Vince. You know, he bought right. it just, just exactly. hanging up on his, on his shelf. Yeah, so. he chopped Ted, start turned his head off and hung it on his wall. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, you were in your early 30s doing your WCW mm-hmm. run, right? And you, you made a fantastic point. As You know, as, as long as I've been doing podcasting and, and, and been a host and, and journalism, wrote thousands, you know, of, of material, I've never really thought of it in that way as far as, you know, Vince grooming talent as opposed to Bischoff just kind of exhausting Vince's groomed talent. You know what I mean? That's what he did. That's, what he did. That's all he did. Yeah. And, you know, and we had a lot of guys that were there that were young, that were talented, that could have been superstars. And he, you know, you know, none of the guys wanted to pass a torch. And in the end, it, it, you know, the big guys, the stars ended up looking like a joke, man. I, mean, I always wonder, kinda... and I always wonder why they didn't utilize you because you had the look, you had the lineage, you were in your early thirties. They really could have done something huge with you, uh, but I mean, they they you only stayed there for what a year, right? Uh, about three years. I was there for a long time because even when I got hurt, I, I mean, I stayed on the contract for a while and it didn't work. Oh, okay. So you stayed on the, you stayed on the contract. Okay. Yeah, I probably worked for about a year and a half. Then. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, I was under contract. But the thing is, is the the uh, you know these guys wouldn't pass wouldn't pass the torch, and they were past their prime. Man, people got tired of it. Yeah. You know, people got tired of seeing this stuff. I mean, really, to me, and uh, you know, and this is just my opinion, but the only real star of those old school dudes, Hogan, Nash, and all those guys, was Scott Hall. Scott Hall carried piggybacked all those guys on his back with that NWO. He's yeah. piggybacked him. If you watch them, he's the he was the mouthpiece. You know, all the catchphrases were his, all the the mannerisms walking out. I mean, how many times did Hogan steal his his movements or stuff like that? Yeah, Go back raise, and look early on. Uh, yeah, he steal all out. kinds yeah. of Hogan. Hogan ripped <laughs> off everything. You know, yeah, it's pathetic, man. I mean, and it was pathetic and seeing that. You know, just it, it and. You know, I can't say enough about Scotty. I mean, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete and a wrestler and a, a mouth. He he was just smart. I mean, he, he was what they piggybacked off Scott Hall. And that's my opinion. I mean, if you watch, if you go back and watch it, when you take him out of the equation, and the NWO doesn't even exist. Mm, that's a great point. But for some reason, they never put the the title on him. That's I right, always wonder. Right. Always wonder that. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's yeah. a great point. So, I mean, what was your overall experience in WCW? You say you got paid more, got paid tenths less, but just as far as, I mean, were you in any of, were you involved in any of the backstage meetings to to create a direction for your character? Because it really no, I mean, it, uh, we, it, it really just yeah, seemed I mean, like we, you were we you know in the mid card and, and did like Saturday we, nights and stuff like that. Yeah, we give them. I give them tons of ideas. I give them tons of ideas. You know, they didn't listen to it. 
I think Kevin Sullivan was one of a big supporter of me, you know, and, and uh, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Paul was a big supporter for me. I mean, he used to tell me, Scotty, you got to be a heel, man. You'd be the best heel we got. Mm. But, you know, they just wouldn't do it. I mean, I, you know, Bischoff and Hogan and all those guys, you know, I don't know if they were scared other people would get over beside themselves or what. Yeah. But it just, you know, if you look at it, the guys they pushed, they, they were not a threat to them. You know, the guys that they were pushing also underneath them were not a threat to them. Yeah. And other than that one click, you know, that everybody was in the NWO, mm-hmm. you know, everybody was in it. And, and you, and so, again, you bring a, a fantastic point because the people who was kind of, uh, you know, kind of um, – <sighs> kind of pressed down and kind of reached the ceiling was the Chris Jericho's and Eddie Guerrero's right. and they became world champions at WWE. Ray Mysterio's well, right. you know, they became world champions in WWE. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. again, that's a really good point that Vince, you know, did know how to groom talent. Whereas, you know, a lot yeah. of times WCW was just kind of, you know, just, just kind of trying to uh, squeeze, whatever, you know, water they had left, <laughs> you know, in, in the legendary talent. So, you know, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, what would you think about, you know, people like DDP, you know, he, he was, you know, up there in age, he's, you know, just as old right. as all the other ones, but would you say that right. him, like, people like him, people like Goldberg, would you say like, would you say they uh, were at least groomed and, 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 and you used correctly? Yeah, yeah, and Bill's a great guy, and I, you know, he's a great athlete. You know, he's got a good look, and he deserved what he got. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys didn't, and he, you know, I think Bill is a, is a asset to the business. I mean, he's an asset to it now. Someone said he just came back. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, he he came back, and he uh, he came back in October. He beat uh, Brock Lesnar in, uh, in, at SummerSlam, and uh, he announced uh, that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. So he's got uh, kind of a farewell okay. tour going cool. on now. There you go for Bill. I mean, that's great for him, but he's a legitimate guy. I mean, he's a legitimate guy that people can look at and say, "This is an athlete. This is a guy who can beat beat up people." That's good I mean, friend. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come back and and Brock Lesnar's gonna come back to WWF after getting you know beat by everybody in the world in UFC. I mean, Overeem kicked his kidney out of his ear hole, you know, and and, and those guys, you know, it, it was a joke, man. He was a joke. He was a joke. In UFC, I mean, they just annihilated him in minutes. The, the, you know, when it, it was a work. Honestly, I believe it was a work. You know, when he first got there, and uh, you know, they were trying to build him up and build a name for him. But once they put him in with the Wolves, you know, and the and the Bulls, he just he didn't have it. You know, yeah. I mean, Overeem. I, I don't know if you ever watched Overeem fight or the oh, yeah. fight. Oh yeah, just embarrassed, embarrassed him. Yeah. Overeem embarrassed was smiling at him, and then when he got tired of playing with him, he kicked him in the kidney. I, I swear, I saw his kidney go out of his either his butt <laughs> over his ear. But I mean, you know, other than that, you know, and then Vince brings him back and makes him a world championship. How insulting is that? Yeah, I don't. And he broke the Undertaker's streak too. That's that's yeah. yeah I mean, that's that's I think I think that's when you know from talking to people, and I didn't see the match, but I mean from talking to pe- a lot of people, you know, when I travel and, and I'm different places, uh, you know, that's what people bring up. You know, I stopped watching the WWF when Brock Lesnar during WrestleMania. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have told me that. I quit watching Wrestle. I quit watching WWE when uh, Brock beat Undertaker. Mm. I cannot tell you how many times that happened. Wow. So, yeah. 
So well, that was a kind of ignorant move. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it, and still, still, I'm not a big fan of it. And that's, and that was uh, what thirty WrestleMania thirty. So that was two and a half mm-hmm. years ago, almost over two and a half years ago. Um, so, so my last question is just, you know, one, you know, when did you stop watching wrestling? Um, two, you, you, I guess it's a three parter. You, 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 when did you stop watching wrestling? Uh, you made a, a small return within the past few years, and just what is your overall thoughts of wrestling in general? Um, I just, you know, the the wrestling business has just changed so much. It's not, you know, I grew up with, uh, you know, Jimmy Snuka, Bruno San Martino, Andre the Giant, you know, the, Iron, the real Sheik, Iron Sheik, superstar Billy Graham. You know, these are the guys I knew, uh, you know, when I was growing up as a kid. And, you know, all these guys were different. Everybody was different. Now, Vince's show, it's it's everybody's the same. I mean, there are no characters like there were back then. I mean, I think the problem with wrestling as a whole, if you go back to the day of, of you know, wrestling as a golden era, everybody had, was a different character. I mean, Absolutely. you had, you know, uh, you had your Oriental guy, you had your Polish guy, you had your Indian, you had your cowboy, you had your black guy, you had your Hispanic, you had, you know, everybody had somebody, Irish guy, Bombay, you know, you just had people that everybody could, could, uh, you know, that was my, my guy. That's my heritage or that's a guy like, you know, and it, it didn't matter if you liked all of them, you were going to go because this was a guy who you could relate to. Absolutely. And now it's, it's everybody's apples or oranges. There's no, kiwi or, or or bananas or you know watermelon or anything it's all apples and oranges it's yeah. it's one or the other I, you know and it's all kind of just it's 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 just all the same yep. and it's the same day in and day out and day in you know and so it's like these ethnicities they're they're not there anymore and that's you know kind of what what people people wanted to see and they you know each one brought a different thing to the you know an element to the business, you know, and it wasn't the same. It's just like, you know, watching, you know, Lucha wrestling. I mean, it's great, but if you had a show that was all Lucha, you, you know, maybe one time you're going to watch it. Second time you're going to go, all right. Third time you're going to start, you know, clicking to other channels. And by the fourth time you're done. Yeah, right? I, I, tell I you mean, that. just the whole show stuff. It's you know, same thing with midgets. I mean, you have tons of midgets. You know, I love midgets. I God bless them. But if you have a whole show of that, you're gonna, you know, first time it's interesting, second time it's kind of interesting, third time you're going, uh, fourth time you're flipping channels. You know, you gotta. It's it's creativity and it's 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 giving people, you know, what they can relate to. Yeah. And and then everybody has to have their heroes, and all the heroes aren't the same. Look at Marvel Comics. And well, some people like Superman, some people like Batman, some people like you know Spider Man, some people like uh, you know Deadpool, some people like you know the Wolverine. Some people. And now we can go all Ryan, but you know we can go on and on. But that's what's missing from wrestling today. I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. I, I say this all the time on my show. I, I say, wrestling. You know, the essence of professional wrestling is about 70% about 
uh, of what happens outside of the ring with character development and mic work and, and things like that, and about 30% of what happens in the ring, uh, I think the problem is modern-day wrestling has flipped it. I think it's about 30% of what's outside of the ring, which they don't spend right. time developing characters, but they're injuring each other so much by doing flips and still in the show by having you know, unnecessary high spots. You know, right. and that's where the emphasis have, has become, uh, you know, in the ring so much that people are so injury prone now. Was when in essence, that's not what wrestling is about. I mean, you you know, one of the biggest box office attractions is Hogan and Andre, and nobody care about what happened in the match. They were so invested yeah. in the characters. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. I, I say that all the time on my show. So, so are you uh, are you doing any indie work now? Have you? Uh, I heard that you no. you, know, you went back came back a couple years about two or three years ago, didn't you? Yeah, I did some stuff, but it's just, you know, you go to these shows and these kids nowadays, they don't get it, man. Nobody gets it. <laughs> and, you know, I've had, I mean, I'm constantly asked to work and do stuff. And it's just, unless you can, you know, give me a reason why, I I mean, I don't want to work. I don't have to work. And, you know, I'd love to find a promotion that was actually worth it to work for. But, you know, when they send me their tapes, it's just like, nah, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to go ahead and pass on this one because there's no substance to it. You know, you got all these promoters, and and they, you know, it's again, it goes back to what happened early on. They've got their little clicks and their little things, and it, they don't even deserve to be in the ring. I mean, a lot of these indie shows now, you know, back in the day, it, in order to get into wrestling, you had to be in a fraternity, and and it's it's not anybody can be wrestling. That's why wrestling today is a joke. I mean, honestly, you talk to people, and everybody's a wrestler. Everybody's a wrestler. Yeah. You know, back in the day, if you're a wrestler, you could tell you're a wrestler. And, and the thing, another thing missing is freaks. People want to see freaks. I'm sorry. They want to see freaks. They yeah. want to see freaks, and they want to see things that are believable. They want, they so badly want to believe that this is real, Yeah. but it's, it's been exposed so much. And then these people that are the guys that are doing it now, you know, it's, it's so fake. And they do so much stuff that it's like, come on, man. The thing I always was taught is... You know, if if you're not going to do this in a real fight, don't do it. I mean, there's some little things you can do, you know, movements and stuff, but unless you're really not going to do it in a fight, I mean, who's going to go, you know, and it's it's okay every now and then, but if you're flipping and flopping and jumping and twisting and doing, yeah, you ain't going to do that in a fight. Come on. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's become an acrobatic gymnast type of, of sport. Yeah. And, you know, I love UFC and MMA. It's something I watch all the time and, I tell people, you know, I see it moving towards professional wrestling with the interviews and the hoopla and everything. Yeah. And I say, uh, you know, the day someone crawls up on top of the cage and does a big splash and turn it off. <laughs> and that's so as long as they stay on the ground, as long as they stay on the ground and do their stuff, but the first time someone jumps up and does a moonsault or a big splash, I'm turning it off. And I'm yeah, it's over. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty good indicator right there. That it's exactly. got, it's got, it's became a stage as ever. I, I, I agree right. with you. I, I had a pleasure talking with you, Scott. I think you made some fantastic points. And again, it goes back, it goes, it goes back to my point of when I started the show. It, it, I love talking to veterans that that's been in the business, that's been through the territories, that's done, 
you know, some work and earn their stripes just in the business as far as just from a legendary standpoint, just because you, you know, this is totally a personal opinion, but I've been watching wrestling for over 30 years and, I, I, you know, people like you, I believe, get it because you understand what the essence right. of the business is and not just, you know, I, I love wrestling. I, I still love wrestling. I watch wrestling for life. I never, right. I, I never w- missed a Raw, but, uh, you know, th- there's always a part of me that uh, want, want to become a kid again. I want to have that opportunity to do so. And unfortunately, I don't get it too much with this product, but. You know, I loved, you know, going back down memory lane and talking to people like you on my show. So I appreciate your time, Scott. Right. Uh, anywhere we can find you on social media? I'm just all over. Just look me up and you'll find me. You'll see me on anything. Uh, but so so for all the <laughs> listeners out there right now, Google Scott Pusky, and there you go. <laughs> you'll, there you'll, you go. you'll find him. Appreciate you, Scott, man. I really appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for thanks for the memories. And uh, um and I really, really appreciate you being on the show. You bet, Chris. Much respect, brother. Awesome. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one looking with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking shit. You are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Thank you so much for Scott Putsky, the Polish power. Scott Putsky. I mean, just something about his name. You just have to um, <laughs> just, just, just say it emphatically. The Polish power, Scott Putsky. 
thank you so much, Scott, for uh, being a part of the show tonight. Um, and we're going to have some awesome um, co-host um, on the show tonight, uh, and this, uh, they're coming soon. Uh, and it, it, ladies and gentlemen, we definitely um, am excited um, <clears throat> and excited about the show tonight, and just uh, just really excited <clears throat> about two hundred and forty fifth episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Again, thank you so much for Scott Putsky. Um, as I mentioned on my uh, Raw review yesterday, uh, for for all those who uh, are very, very clear, um, <clears throat> they know uh, that I am a uh, an avid Ohio State fan, uh, and uh, I, I am very excited – um, <laughs> and I'm I'm really excited, um, and I'm I'm very excited to uh, announce, you know, based on based on Ohio State, um, that uh, they are the number two, they they are the number two team, uh, and the well they they were the number two team in the nation. Now they're the number three team uh, in the nation because Clemson jumped over them uh, yesterday on my raw review. I talk, <laughs> I talked about the 1978 um, unfortunate occurrence. That's what I'm going to call it. That's 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 what I'm going to coin it. The unfortunate occurrence uh, with Clemson and with uh, probably I'm not even going to say probably. I I guess politically you can say arguably uh, the greatest coach, the greatest head coach. Uh, in Ohio State uh, history, uh, Woody Hayes, um, and I, <laughs> you know, in 1978, he played his last, uh, he coached his last game uh, in the bowl game, uh, Ohio State lost um, that night, and Woody Hayes, he got a little bit perturbed, um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, his temper hasn't always been the best, uh, and and also, you know, it's it's unfortunate uh, that he allowed it, you know, to get that way, um, uh, and you know, it's it's uh it's it's very unfortunate. So, um, yeah, it's it's that's that's the thing, and. Hopefully, I mean, um, and, and we and we certainly hope uh, that we don't suffer the same fate from uh, 2013 when we also lost to Clemson with Urban Meyer. Uh, that's the thing, and and we have we have a point to prove. We have something uh, to prove this year, um, and. And 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 I and I have a really good feeling uh, that everything is going to be okay uh, with Ohio State today. Uh, speaking of uh, college football, this person is uh, from from Pennsylvania, the guest uh, co-host for uh, this evening. Uh, we uh, I, I'm really excited uh, about about that about about this person coming on the on the show tonight. Uh, without 
without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this person is from Pennsylvania, as far as I heard, uh, and he's the uh, one of the go one of the co-hosts of uh, Chair Shot Reality from WrestleZone.com. I've had Bill Pritchett on my show from WrestleZone, and so we're going to talk a little college football before we get into uh, the the world of professional wrestling. So without further ado, indie sensation uh, professional wrestler Ronell Hunter. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, not too, not too bad, my man. Not too bad at all. Actually, that's one of the best introductions that I've ever heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I've been doing this show for four and a half years. Actually, more than four, four more than four and a half years. Uh, April third of two thousand twelve, and uh, nice. you know, thanks, man. And every time, um, I, I've learned a lot, and uh, I love to, to just uh, you know give people their their due credit and. Um, you know, uh, b- boost them up and make them excited to be on the show. So uh, I'm excited that I was able to do that for you. Hey, man, it's, de- it's definitely an honor to be joining you right now, man. I don't know. I'm getting a little bit of hungry, man, but willing to talk about anything that's on it. Football, power <laughs> slams, pancakes, we can do it all. <laughs> there you go, man. So, uh, so, so you're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right in, uh, right in Pittsburgh, actually. Actually, I live about 10 minutes from uh, where WWE Roadblock will be at, at uh, Pittsburgh PPG Paints Arena, uh, formerly right. known as Consol Energy Center. So, I mean, I'm I'm right pretty much in the heart of Pittsburgh, 10 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh, but uh, body slamming all over the world, my man. Nice, nice. So does that make you a Penn State fan? Oh, my goodness. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I would I would I would say more of a Pitt fan more than a Penn State fan, but okay. you do, I do have to give Penn State their uh, their just dues. I mean, they did their thing. Um, you you know, a lot of people thinking that it could it probably could have went the other way, but the fact is, Penn State lived up to what they said they were going to do, what their game plan was to do, and they capitalized. The next thing you know, we're looking at them celebrating. So I, I mean, I, uh, I'm I'm extremely satisfied with you know what's going down, and just for the sake that they're a Penn State fan, uh, that they're a Penn State football team, and I'm from Pennsylvania, man, definitely got to show them some support. Yeah, I just wrote a po- I, I just wrote a piece today on the Inquisitor about uh, Tom Phillips. I didn't know he was a PSU alum until. Um, Probably last week sometime, so I had to write a piece about really? tweeted about yeah, he's a PSU alum, uh journalism degree in two thousand eleven, uh avid uh nice. Penn State fan and uh he tweeted about it and um Penn State did a really good piece on him with actually Jim Ross being a part of the piece that uh, Penn State did on him uh I think two thousand fourteen. And uh yeah, it nice. was it was it was awesome. Um and, and you know, and, and I, I I haven't been the best uh, Tom Phillips uh, fan, but I, I, he's grown on me though. He, he's definitely uh, he's definitely grown on me. Um, and and I, I think that I think it was NXT because when he was, the first SmackDown run, I was very leery and very critical. But I think him uh, and uh, him and and Corey Phillips did fan has done fantastic work on NXT that uh, I, I'm I'm bought into the. Tom Phillips journalism now. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that definitely grow, grow on you. I think, I think a lot, a lot of people now looking at Tom Phillips. I mean, if you remember a couple of years ago, man, a lot of people had hate for Michael Cole, uh, kayfabe or non kayfabe. They just didn't understand him. Uh, they, it seemed like his uh, his focal point that WWE had for him uh, was was kind of not 
you know, not really um, consistent. And uh, people were kind of scratching their heads about it. And I think Tom Phillips kind of fell, uh, kind of fell in that realm a little bit. But uh, definitely I think he's finding himself. WWE's, uh, WWE's doing some great things on even outside of that. I think Tom right now is in that sweet spot where he fits in just perfect. He's given the uh, he's given the product a good run for the money, and uh, definitely this this is just the beginning for Tom in my opinion. But uh, I did not know that he was a Penn State alum though. Yep, yep, 2011. Yeah, and uh, uh, I guess I can't talk too uh, low on that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of Penn State, I uh, I am born and bred, uh, raised in, in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a, a nice. avid Buckeye, uh, and okay. uh, so yeah, I was I was very happy that uh, Ohio State was uh, one of the four teams, and uh, we have an opportunity to get back at Clemson. Uh, 2013 bowl loss, uh, 1978 Woody uh, Woody Hayes' final game against Clemson. That was a loss as well. So we've got some <laughs> we got some bones to pick with Clemson. You, see, you got you got you got some building to do right there. Yeah, we absolutely do. Nice, absolutely. nice, nice little, nice little fun fact. Before I, um, uh, before I moved back down into Pittsburgh, I was actually living in Newcastle, and um, you know, was, was strongly familiar into you know, talking to a few times, and even dealing with uh, sports wise in high school, Malik Hooker, the uh, the yeah. starting safety for Ohio State. Oh so, yeah. So uh, looking looking for him to do some big things. I actually lived about ten minutes from him. And uh, definitely the the guy. I'm honestly saying this, and I don't know if we can we can archive this or anyone anyone wants to uh, put a waiver on this. But I'm looking for Malik Cooker to go to the NFL. Um, you know, within, within these next couple of years, right after graduation. I think that I, I hope that he stays one more year because he's he's doing such a great job this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if he left this year, to be honest with you, because he's he's on a roll. You know, he's got you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, his pick sixes that he did for Ohio State, he saved Ohio State a, a bunch of games. And um, I think he'd be second round, uh, probably if he, late first round, early second round if he if he left this year. And I think that, you know, I, he's in a good spot. I, you know, as an Ohio State fan, I want to see him <laughs> one more year because uh, he's, he's been so, you want so one more good defensively. <laughs> yeah, I just want – I want one more – for selfish reasons, because I like Ohio State so much, but uh, I definitely would not be upset if he decided to go uh, this year. I know JT is going to stay another year, um, but you know that's uh, that's basically how it's going to go. I think I think I hope Malik stays, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be upset if he doesn't. Oh man, I, honestly, I think he would be proud. I think he would be proud to hear that, but guys. Uh, you know, even if we look, even when we look at the wrestling realm, we hear it all the time. You know, yeah. someone's time is you know come to end as a you know a natural thing. You know, within this business, they always say inspect the impossible, and uh, you know a lot of people say, well, why don't you just come back? Or what? I can't tell you how many people I'm still hearing uh, that they want CM Punk to come back, and I say, listen, yeah. that's not going to no happen. Thing. At least right now, that's in the very, very far future, if even impossible for. For him to come back at this point in time, but you know, a couple years later, you know, even after that, that good old shellacking that we have unfortunately seen, uh, you know, still pe- people are still wanting him back on the scene. Well, you know, the the <laughs> it's not unfortunate for me because I've never been a CM Punk guy. Um, I was I was totally fine with the shellacking. I thought it was a, a horrible idea for him to go to the UFC. Um, I don't think it was a horrible. <laughs> 
I, I don't think it was a horrible idea for him to go to MMA. I, I you know, if he wants yeah. to achieve his dream and go to MMA, go for it. You know, thirty eight years old, hey, more power to him. But to go, you know, that's like someone who's saying, I want to be a baseball player, and have no baseball experience or have very, very little. They played peewee ball when they were a little kid and they go straight to the MLB. You know, that's, and you, they, you know, what? Like, you're, you're not the, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that said that, Chris. I mean, uh, even, even when we look at the reverse, so we heard the rumors about Conor McGregor, if you know, a lot of, a lot of people that are listening to follow him on Twitter uh, and everything and him, you know, trying to throw his shots, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. the whole scene, I won't even say WWE. I'm, I will say an insult to professional wrestlers and those that are in this business in general. And um, I remember we was having a talk with, uh, uh, with with Kurt Angle. Actually, he trained at the he trained at the company uh, that I'm working with down uh, Pro Wrestling Express Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. um, was pretty much saying, you know, when I first heard him talk about this, he said, honestly, I remember when I was younger, I used to think the same exact thing. He said, but once I started to get into this professional wrestling world. It was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do, and yeah. um, I mean, I mean that that hold, that holds true without a doubt. That holds one hundred percent true. Uh, this, this is a difficult sport, but the fact is, just like CM Punk tried to go over to UFC, and we have some UFCs trying to uh, guys trying to switch over. The thing is, it's, it's not as easy as people want to make it seem. And oh, you, yeah. you have to, in my opinion, you have to start at the bottom, like everyone else, and earn your way. You can't buy your way in it. You know, you, you can't bribe your way in it. You have to earn your way, just like every other hardworking man and woman uh, in both businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. All right, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. In Osaka, Japan, uh, this past weekend, Shinsuke Nakamura became two-time NXT champion. I think the writing was on the raw uh now about that. Yeah, man. I mean, de- definitely there's a, there's a couple things. There's a couple things that, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at within a small Joe Shinsuke Nakamura. Matter of fact, I say this. <clears throat> Other than WWE, look at even at NXT, some of the hottest free agents that came in the year of 2016 were, number one, guys like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and, and, a lot, and a lot of us, we have Austin Ayers, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later if we have time. But the fact is with this, Shinsuke Nakamura is an A-plus game-quality player. He is lethal. He is a man that you do not know what is coming and when it's coming at any given second. On the other hand, Samoa Joe is, if we can use his old mantra, he is a, he is a submission machine. The guy is a beast. He's a, he, he's a heavyweight caliber but he wrestles like a cruiserweight. Some of the things that we have never seen before, some people are calling him an animal. Honestly, I say that right now a lot of people are underestimating NXT. And, um, you know, as we continue to see, especially with that match, you can expect the impossible. And right now NXT is right at the top of their game. In particular with that match, I, I was a little shocked that the belt got switched that quickly at that exact NXT. I'm looking for a little bit of a bigger NXT, such as, Excuse me, such as when we did the last takeover. But the fact is with this, the, uh, the, the match did not disappoint. There were some ups. There were some downs. It took us on an emotional roller coaster. And, you know, you know, as you know, we're dealing with this wrestling business. And as I know personally, you know, with being in the ring and doing CSR, that's what you need. It goes much more beyond the flips, the thrills, and everything. That's fine. It has its time. 
but the fact is, take us on an emotional roller coaster. And that's Absolutely. exactly what Samoa Joe Shinsuke Nakamura did, and he got that title. Honestly, people say this might be the end. I honestly feel, Chris, that this is definitely the beginning of a, of a great feud that's going to be building for a few months, if not up to a year or so, my man. Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, there's been many reports that uh, uh, Samoa Joe uh, isn't expected to be on uh, the main roster anytime soon just to help groom the NXT, um, you know, because Triple H wants that standalone brand. And they need, you know, yeah. heavy hitters to, to be in the main event. So, personally, I'll be totally fine if Samoa Joe doesn't go on the main roster. I mean, from a personal standpoint, because I think that, you know, he he's he's like a Finn Balor or a Bailey. You know, he's in NXT. Yeah. NXT's became, you know, a standalone brand, and he's the he's the leader of that NXT brand. I don't see him being a main event player on the main roster. You know, I see I see a, I see a bunch of guys, Chris. That they say, you know. Well, this person is great. You know, we need to bring him up. This person is great. We need to bring him up. I, I feel right now, if if you've seen a couple of things that happened within the ratings at WWE prior to us doing the brand extension again, um, you know, a, a lot of things suffer. It seemed like the roster was overcrowded. Uh, a lot of guys that could have grown uh, in a in a in a high capacity. Uh, lack of television time. Lack of uh, time to get matches in. And uh, a lot of guys we could definitely see grow. So I definitely feel with WWE doing that brand extension, they were able to level out now both rosters. A lot of people can get looks and opportunities on the main scene that they have not got. But we cannot forget that we cannot pull every A-plus game quality player from NXT as soon as they hit the top of the market. Just like you said, we're not dealing with Florida Championship Wrestling anymore. We're not dealing with OVW being a territorial. Yes, this is WWE's own territorial brand, but at the same time, it has now been grown to be its own independent entity. And we need guys like Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, when, when, when Bailey had her time there full-time in NXT only, um, to, to keep that brand crisp, to keep it fresh, and to make some things happen. And I feel like right now, Samoa Joe uh, has NXT on his back, and I, I see it growing from here. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, speaking of main roster debuts, we, Austin Aries is expected to debut in the main oh, roster. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, for Wait, what's, the what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts on this? I, I think, see, here's the thing. If I, I'm very skeptical of people just coming on the main roster and doing, you know, because we've seen it with, with the exception of Kevin Owens, um, that's really it as far as, you know, people who got caught up in the main <laughs> roster. I mean, Finn Balor, I mean, he won the Universal Championship, but he's, you know, injured for nine months. There hasn't yeah. been many roster, you know, there hasn't been many call-ups. And, and it was just a hiccup for Owens. He was just there for a hiccup anyways. You know, he, he yeah. was purposed to come to the main roster. He just had to take a very short detour. But, you know, the, the, very short, the people hurt some people and get back. Yeah, I mean the people, you know, people like Tyler Breeze, people like Apollo Cruz, you know, Corbin's kind of middle of the road now. I mean, we've seen a, a lot of the roster call-ups haven't they haven't really been they haven't really blown up. You know, Enzo and Cass, yes, yeah. at the same time, um, you know, they're two of the most over characters in the entire uh, roster right now. But the WWE is not doing a very good job with really propelling. 
uh, them as a as a team. They they have wins here, they they'll lose here. Enzo will get destroyed. They're not really. There's no momentum going with Enzo and Cass. They just have really good characters. That's really keeping them. With Aries, yeah. I think it's the same way. However, I will say if he's debuting specifically for the Cruiserweight Classic, I think it's a good move because I think that he is kind of like NXT. You're leading a brand. You're lead, you know you're kind of leading you know a, a division. And with Aries, I think he has that really strong heel persona, similar to Brian mm-hmm. Kendrick, to really, really kind of elevate the Cruiserweight Classic, who's a little character to prior right now. Yeah, definitely, man. I definitely say, especially with Austin Aries right now, you, uh, mind you, we just brought the Cruiserweights <coughs> over to the main roster. Now, what do they, they have? Uh, 205, 205 Live right live. now. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So the the thing is, right now, they are building their own separate thing. Now, mind you, they're not their own company, but they have built their own individual category, which I actually like, um, compared yep. to when we did our previous retro Cruiserweight, where we had guys like Chavo Guerrero, uh, Crispin Wall, Hurricane, uh, uh, the Hurricane Gregory Helms and, and much more. Now the cruiserweights have even more exposure. And with a guy like Austin Aries, I mean, you know, to a, to a bunch of people that that know what I'm talking about, or, or maybe just have watched WWE. If you watched Austin Aries even earlier in his career when he was with TNA Wrestling, currently known as just mm-hmm. almost pretty much Impact Wrestling, th- this guy is capable of doing some things. Um, the, the guy is adaptable, and that's what it calls for. You know, in today's wrestling, you know, within 2016. Going into 2017, Austin Aries right now is still at the top of his game. Despite what people might think about his age, there's no slowing down. And honestly, I do feel like if he comes up, we keep that strap on Brian Kendrick. Um, actually, Rich Swan has it now. We perhaps mm-hmm. could do some things with that. Rich Swan versus Austin Aries. And oh, yeah. um, we, 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 can make, we can make some things out of it. I think that that would be a magic one, man. Rich Swan yeah. versus Austin Aries. I agree. I, I I totally agree. And you know, he invented uh, TNA. Uh, he invented Option C uh, to make Destination X uh, their their TNA pay per view, their yearly yeah. uh, event made, made it special with uh, Option C relinquishing his X Division championships for a World Championship, and he beat Bobby Roode and became uh, yeah. you know TNA World Heavyweight Champion. So I'm I'm for it. You know, he he really. He put the X Division uh, back on the map, you know, in TNA. That, that was something that TNA had over the WWE in their inception, and then it just kind of faded out. Uh, but Option C and and, uh, and Aries, he, he put it back on the map. Speaking of Aries, I have uh, Thea Trinidad on the show next week. Uh, uh, so I'm looking forward nice. uh, to, yeah, to the yeah, – yeah. Great woman. Definitely. Great woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so she'll be on the show uh, next week uh, for all those listening. So uh, it's going to be a great interview. But yeah, uh, option C um, is you know he reinvented it. So I think I definitely think that uh, he he do a good job um, doing it for for WWE. Booker T and Daniel Bryan had a very <laughs> awkward moment in the TLC pre-show. <laughs> um, you know they were they were talking. And I actually wrote a piece on this on the Inquisitor, and I actually uh, <laughs> grabbed the quote that Booker T did, and I'm gonna try to channel my inner Booker T. Oh, sucky ducky like quack quack! Nikki is gonna have to go out there and prove she still got what it takes. Coming off a neck injury, that kind of injury. No, look at Daniel Bryan. He's sitting right here with us. 
Normally, an injury like that will put you on the shelf. She's got to prove that she's 100% and ready, battle-tested, and see if she can go out and hack it. That's that's how he did it, and that's what he said. You, you know, you know what? I, I, I wish I wish you had an applause track, but since you don't, I'm, I'm gonna give you one on that. That's one of the best. That's one of the best impersonations of Booker T that I've heard. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate that, dog. <laughs> Tell me you didn't um, just say that. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I that caused a very bewildered look from uh, from Daniel Bryan that. Uh, Somehow that caught the camera, and uh, you know he said that uh, he's fine. He said his neck is fine. Uh, he said that uh, you know he's doing some jujitsu now. So you know that that was interesting. You know Brian's still a little sensitive about his neck issue, man. It looks like he's ready to get back yeah. to that ring. I, I I think with a lot of people, I mean, with with a guy like Brian, you know, you see how much hunger he had for the business. Uh, you yeah. know, e- even before the even before the main roster with WWE. You know, within all the different independents, I know uh, preferably he was even down in Pittsburgh a few times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen him growing in even the Ring of Honor, uh, being one of the greats even when Punk was down there, and uh, and a lot of other places that we've seen him tear up the scene. So wrestling is in Daniel's blood. That's mm-hmm. his life. You you hear him on Total Bellas, um, and and another ones where he's like, you know, I don't really know anything else but how to wrestle, and uh, that's what I want to do. So. I mean, when it, it, it's, it's, it's the beauty of the the beauty of the beast, the nature of the sport that injuries can come. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a, a phenomenal wrestler just get injured one of our last shows, and uh, completely clean broke, uh, cleanly broke his collarbone, completely separated oh, wow. on different levels. Um, two minutes into the match, um, but that's 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 the that, that's the beauty of the beast. But you know, <laughs> with Booker T. Uh, <laughs> you got you got to give it to Booker. He is a man that gives it like it is. He sure does. Without any medicine, without any numbing medication, you're going to receive the truth, yeah. or you just don't <laughs> deal with Booker. And you got to yep. appreciate a man like that because you know Booker. Number one, this isn't just his first walk around the park. Uh, going back to WCW, WWE, uh, Harlem Heat. Going into the going into his singles thing, King Booker. This is a man that that, that knows the business with his eyes closed. So yep. you know, my, <laughs> you you got you got to respect him. And I I don't know why Daniel Bryan would be surprised about it, but uh, Booker <laughs> tells it like it is. And the the thing is, it's true. You got to watch out how you know how you take yourself as a wrestler. You're taught, and and I take this you know from Randy Orton's book. Uh, before he joined the Wyatt family, to capitalize on any part of the body that you feel is the weakest. So he did not give any warnings. He told her like it is. She has to watch what she does, or else she's probably going to be sitting next to Daniel Bryan. And um, I I don't think that was received too well. (laughs) No, it wasn't at all. Look at Daniel Bryan. To say the very least. (laughs) To say the very least. Right. Yeah, I mean the very fact that he would just, you know, totally, you know, say something like just call him out right there. I do have an applause uh sound bite. Here we go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I knew it was um, somewhere. 
<laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it's, Booker T. He's 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 been he's been frank. He's you know he's been that that same book of man. You know, look at your Bryant. I mean, the very fact that he's just oh, let me tell out. you, man. <laughs> right. Oh man, it's yeah. pandemonium. <laughs> oh, shucky ducky quack quack. Shucky ducky quack quack. Yeah, man. Yeah, Booker T for you, man. Uh, So, final battle 2016, Kyle O'Reilly wins the Ring of Honor uh, Championship. Uh, Long journey for Kyle O'Reilly. For so long, um, Adam Cole basically had it set for, you know, his his goal, his mission was for Kyle O'Reilly not to win uh, the, the championship. They teamed together. They were best friends. And basically... You know he turned on O'Reilly, and and uh, uh, but O'Reilly ha- finally had a chance to 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 win the ROH Championship for the first time, and then Cody Rhodes, yeah. man, he goes uh, he goes heel on Lethal, gives him the finger, and uh, you know he he's been a, a freelancer since uh, since May, you know for seven months he's been one of the most popular uh, people on the planet as far as just indie wrestling. But oh, definitely. He kind of heals it up on uh, Jay Lethal. I don't, I don't know, man. I think this is the season of heel turns, man. I don't know. We, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know if I can say James Ellsworth and Cody Rhodes in the same sentence, and we're we'll talking oh, about no. uh, J- James a little later. But uh, the, the thing is, this is the season of heel turns. Uh, so much, so much respect for Cody Rhodes. Um, you know what, what he's doing in the business. You know, heard him on uh, hundreds of podcasts. Um, you know, even heard some personal stories from a couple people. And uh, a guy that's in the business that I truly feel um, is underrated. Uh, the, yeah. the the guy before before he left was still at the top of his game. Um, you know, just just like we talked about, it's just some things have have to happen uh, the way that they do. But the um, you, you know you know the, the thing is with this: once Cody Rhodes was released, <clears throat> we seen him come with Impact. We seen him come with Ring of Honor. Um, and then you know, even a bunch of other independent, uh, independent mm-hmm. promotions that are not perhaps not uh, in the limelight as much. But the fact is, he makes an impact wherever he goes. If you don't yeah. know of a company, you will know of it when Cody Rhodes steps on the scene, or now exactly. he's just known as Straight Cody. And yep. you have to say you have to you have to give him credit on that because there's there's two things that that can tell you that someone's great. Um, no matter how green a wrestler is, if they can still get that person over and make them pretty much look like the superstar um, that they're perhaps not ready to be. Also, if you haven't heard of a company, and now all of a sudden that company's about to be a household name because a person just put them on the map. And that's exactly the type of caliber wrestler that Cody Rhodes is. Now, the fact is that now we... We, we perhaps see the beginning of a long-time thing going on with Cody Rhodes and Jay Lethal. Right now, I'm looking at Jay Lethal as the blueprint, the blueprint of Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, if, if you're doing that to a guy that has some heavy weight in that company, he's not going to receive it too well because you're stopping right. in his territory. So, um, <laughs> we, you know, if, if, if anyone has followed Jay Lethal, uh, especially in TNA, um, you know, growing in, into Ring of Honor, in those crucial areas, this man is nothing to play with. 
you will get a lethal injection before you can say shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> and um and, and and we're we're looking for I'm I'm looking for something big to happen. Uh Cody uh, th- this is going to be a tight one. This is going to be the first time that something like this has me speechless. Cody Rose and Jay Lethal, this is going to be a magical moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then finally, staying uh, open to a WWE return. Uh, he didn't completely shut it out. Uh, my boy Frank from uh, Screen, uh, Screen Geek, um, uh, he basically... Uh, uh, he, he he gave this story out. Uh, he released this story uh, that said there was a Q and A um, that and Sting was asked, uh, you know, if, if he's going to return, and he said at this point I don't know. Um, you know he that's not a flat out no, you know, and it's one of those things. That's one of those things uh, where you know it's uh, that uh, that it's uh, that uh, Sting. Basically, you know, he's my favorite of all time, you know, and, you know, and it's one of those things, you know, he's 57 years old. He'll be 58 years old uh, come March in three months, three and a half months. But, you know, I I watched this DVD, you know, he's still training intensely for, you know, that one more match. Here's my question to you on it. Do you see... Or do you desire? I guess my the better question is, do you even desire a Sting versus Undertaker match right now? Based based on Taker's condition, you know at uh, you know fifty two, I believe now Sting's fifty seven. Yeah. He'll be fifty eight. Uh, do you even desire a Sting Taker match now? Now uh, seeing you know because they're both over fifty. Yeah, uh, you 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 know it, it's kind of hard to tried to imagine that match without it being a retirement match. Um, but but the fact is, I do give both of these guys credit. Um, th- these guys are legends within the business. They have been in the business for years upon years, probably uh, longer in the business than some of us are old. So the, uh, the, the thing is, this was a discussion, um, and we were probably talking about it closer to Mania, but this was a discussion that Justin Labar – um, uh, Juice Springsteen and I were, were talking about, and I guarantee the next time we talk to uh, Josh Eisenberg, another one of our coworkers, um, that, that we were talking about, you know, behind the scenes, that, you know, the questions that we deal with all the time. And I do feel like there can be some type of money draw to it. Now, I don't know how they're going to build, you know, seeing that Undertaker came back for the first time in a few years on SmackDown and was threatening them when it came to um, – uh, what what pay, what pay per view was that? Um, um, uh, yes, Mac, uh, it was uh, TLC. Oh, it was, it was right before Survivor Series. Right, right before, yep, yep, right before, right before Survivor Series when you know Undertaker teased the whole thing. You guys need to come back with a win. Um, you know, or else you're gonna, you know, else you're gonna pay the price. So I don't know where they're gonna take it from there. That was just something that was a spur of the moment thing. But uh, I, I can I can definitely see it work. Here, here's the thing that you look at. The, the more you're older, I mean, clearly when you're younger, uh, you do a lot of crazy things. But uh, one of the sayings in a business is less is more. And, um, you know, dealing, dealing with storytelling and everything, less is always more. And with guys like Undertaker and Sting, I do feel like right now they have the maturity, the in-ring maturity, to give us a phenomenal 20, 25-minute match if they want to go that far, even a good 15, 20-minute match, mm-hmm. and leave us on a high note. We have an icon. We have a legend. 
these two guys, that will be a money match for me. I can honestly see that going on. See, Sting is my favorite, and Undertaker is just Undertaker's Undertaker, and um, I still don't believe the streak should have ended. Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. against that, 100% against it. But since the streak has ended, here's here's my thing. I, I don't want to see Sting Taker uh, anymore. You know, it's the dream match that should not ever happen. It it, it should have happened at one time, but I, I don't want to see Sting lose another WrestleMania match, and he shouldn't have lost this year's. That was definitely yeah. stupid. A sledgehammer shot and a pin, and he's going to shake Triple H's hand afterwards. That was so stupid. <laughs> But but and so here here's here's my here's what I like to see. Um, I was very skeptical, still am to a bit, of Randy Orton uh, joining the Wyatt family. I think it looks weird. I think it's awkward. But there's a part of it that kind of works. So if you want that star appeal going into WrestleMania, WrestleMania is only four months away. This is what my proposal will be. You have the Wyatt family still intact. Eventually, Randy Orton will turn on them, uh, and going into the summer of next year, he'll have a few with Bray again. I'm okay with that. But you Ooh. know they're they're red hot right now. They're tag team champions. Yeah. So keep the Wyatt family. Wyatt. And I love the paper. I love the pay per view push that I've been waiting for for Bray Wyatt. It's a very good time now. Yes. There you go. <clears throat> so the, here's here's my idea for the opponents of the Wyatt family. Kane, Undertaker, and Sting. There is your star appeal right there. There is your star power. Just think about the build that will lead into a six-man match between the Wide family against Kane, Undertaker, and Sting. And you don't have your Sting versus Undertaker match, but you have them team together to go against someone just as mysterious and mythical and spooky as they are. And of course, you have Kane in the mix as well. The Brothers of Destruction, Sting, and and and, and that's the that that could happen. You have the Brothers of Destruction feud with, you know, Kane's on Raw, but you know, WrestleMania is the big four pay per view. It's it's a it's yeah. a dual brand. We 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 you know, we, we would definitely see some things going on. Exactly, you'll you'll see some mix in a match, and you know, come. You know WrestleMania because of because of their their dual brand. It's you know it's, it's a joint you know pay per view. So <clears throat> Kane and Undertaker and Earn Cahoots and the Wyatt family because <clears throat> that can potentially happen. Uh, and the Wyatt yeah. family toward WrestleMania just kind of goes and it just interferes with everyone. Somehow Kane and the Undertaker comes together. The third man, <clears throat> the lights goes off. Stings comes out with his bat, the crowd would go absolutely bananas. That that would that would be a very, that would be a very good go. Now for book wise, I would I would I would just hate um, you know, for, for the for the wise to get this big push. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we have guys that yes are are seasoned in the business, yes are experienced, but you know, that they're all well above that age factor to where the Wyatts beat up everyone in sight of their age, of their caliber, that has the stamina of them, and ring-wise, but then all of a sudden lose to uh, to Undertaker them. Then at the same time, I kind of still disagree because I'm like, even if you do give the Wyatts the win, then, I mean, you're causing Undertaker to lose again. You're right. causing Sting to lose again. 
and it's, and it's like where where do you go? It, it's a spectacle, you know. What I mean, people people look at WrestleMania because of what happens that particular night. You know what I mean? It's it's the yeah. spectacle, it's the limelight. You know, it's it, it's a reset on the Raw. The, the the Raw after WrestleMania is basically a a hard reset in a lot of in a lot of ways. The the culmination of WrestleMania of different feuds. If the Wyatt family lost at WrestleMania, they're heels. A strong, here's the thing, and this is this is why I was so. Uh, we only got about ten minutes, but this is why I was so in favor mm-hmm. of uh, of Lesnar losing to, to to Goldberg. I was so in favor of it because it. First of all, it was the shock value. Second of all, it, it was the, uh, the the traditional wrestling. The the strong heel builds up the momentum. And gets dethroned by the, the the baby face. The crowd goes wild. That's I mean that's traditional, essential professional wrestling. All about characters, and it did not hurt, and it does not hurt Brock Lesnar for losing the match. <laughs> not at all. And I think if the Wyatt family loses at WrestleMania to someone as big character as large in life than Kane, Undertaker, and Sting, it really wouldn't hurt them. The, the the SmackDown after after uh, WrestleMania it, it it wouldn't hurt him at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know you know now now to explain it you gave me a little bit more of a better thing I I, I can I can definitely see it happen man I can definitely see it happen. Oh I would, I would absolutely love it yeah. All right real quick talk, uh, talk, talk about me... seeing it seeing it happen oh yeah oh, yeah talk, talk about seeing it happen what do you uh what what did you see happen or what's what's your thoughts on this whole TLC thing man just popping right off of it. Yeah, uh, TLC was just, it was okay to me. I think the TLC match was really good. Um, you know, it was a little bit too spot heavy for me, you know, just uh, uh, knowing a bunch of wrestlers. I mean, I've interviewed about 60, probably 70, 60 to 70 wrestlers on my on my show here. And just building good relationships with wrestlers. I used to, you know, amateur wrestle myself and been a wrestling fan for over 30 years, understanding just the bumps and just the tolls that it takes physically on people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Styles already had, you know, back issues, you know, he's been doing a lot yeah. of yoga that's helped him out, but he's, you know, he's had back issues, very bad back issues the past couple of years that he had to uh, be off of ROH, um, some ROH dates a couple of years back, but, you know, for, for, you know, a spot like, you know, Ambrose doing that little flip suplex on the chairs with gears. You know, that that was a bit over the top to me. You know, I mean you you know, Bret Hart says it well, you have to protect, you know, the person that you're in the ring with and uh I didn't see a, a lot of that uh on that T L C match. Yeah. I mean, you know, just just like you said, we definitely seen a you know, a, a bunch of things happen. Um, the I mean we 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 we've been doing TLC, uh, WWE has been doing TLC for a while now, and um, the the thing is I do feel when it's properly booked you can have your spectacles, you have your mm-hmm. you know your your pay per views that, that that have you build up to it, but I mean honestly not even that far off of the whole hell in the cell pay per view, and then what maybe about a month and a half later you have TLC, I think of just a slight bit of spacing would would yeah. you could have those same exact matches and have them mean that much more, have it be more intense. I feel I feel in a way, you know, when we used to just have our traditional ones. We had, you know, Royal Rumble, 
um, Survivor Series, Armageddon, um, uh, No Way Out. You know, just no the episodes yeah. that we had, maybe like every two, you know, every two months or so. It gave you just enough to where you have your traditional matches, but fans looked forward to that chaos. Now I think the chaos comes a little bit more yeah. uh, sooner than later. And uh, with TLC, it's hard to deal with the psychology of how a whole card, you know, kind of is put together. You know, you have your beginning of the match, kind of little, you know, introduction, get the, you know, get the fans warmed up, not quite being a spotty, um, you know, a little bit closer, you know, continue to keep building. And by the end of it, the show should always be on the incline, but it is kind of hard um, doing that when, when you have a gimmick pay-per-view such as TLC, um, to, to, to where all, all hell can break loose at any given time. Um, but I, I do feel there are a lot of great matches. There are a lot of great stories uh, to be told. In particular, I do have to give it up to them uh, for the story that was told with James Ellsworth, uh, Dean Ambrose, and AJ Styles. You know, and and and, and I, I don't I, I don't know how often you uh, you you watch uh, Church Shot Reality or or uh, the people that are listening, but but you would hear on a couple times I did give them. Slack for exactly how they're portraying it. Uh, a lot of people misunderstood me, and they said, "Rev, you know, you're just saying you're, you know, you're just telling us." I'm, I'm saying, brother, I've, I've been on that spectrum. I've, I've done things for WWE. I, I know the the whole route that, you know, that, that James had to go through, and I, I respect Ellsworth, respect him to the fullest. But the fact is, he is a special breed. What they're trying to do with him can work, but they cannot overuse it. Because he he's special, you you get him in the right moments. He's very special, and in particular, that was something that a lot of people did not see coming. I think the story was told <laughs> perfect with that. That now, I mean, Daniel Bryan is pre- is pretty much saying that James Ellsworth is now crazy because he wouldn't be in WWE if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for Dean Ambrose. But uh, but you know things go the way they do. He pushes him off the ladder, um, you know, just so AJ can keep the title. Just so now James Ellsworth can say, finally, I can get this one-on-one title match, and, and I got AJ's number, as he said after and even as he was talking about on SmackDown earlier tonight. And uh, I think that was one of the best stories um, throughout that whole TLC pay-per-view. Uh, I'm done with Ellsworth, man. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, <laughs> I just can't. And I think uh, I like Alexis Bliss as a character. You know, she's a fellow mm-hmm. person from Columbus, Ohio, my hometown. And you know, but I think it's too. I think it was too early for her. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of her winning this early. So, uh, I got to squeeze uh, this into five minutes. What are your thoughts? Uh, give me about uh, thirty to ninety seconds on uh, on Raw yep. and SmackDown. Raw, Raw definitely, definitely coming right off. Um, you know, we we had a couple things. We're looking at Enzo. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. A lot of people saying that they don't like uh, the way that Enzo's being portrayed. It makes him look stupid. How don't you know you're being set up? You know, you're trying to go in, you know, um, a hotel with another man's wife. But at the same time, I feel like it gives that factor. No one wants a shy, scared babyface. They want a guy that has enough gusto. Uh, you know, has had enough cojones. Uh, to, to just do his thing and not care. And that's exactly what, uh, you know, Enzo did. And it did not work out for his good. Uh, fast forwarding on, once again, we see Ric Flair on the spot for Raw. Charlotte comes out. They do the whole sympathy thing. Bam, smack to the face. Sasha comes out. Charlotte snaps. Almost like a setup right there. 
and uh, Sasha just acts a complete uh, uh, Charlotte just acts a complete ma- uh, maniac. I would honestly mm-hmm. give Raw a, a a 4.5 out of five stars. Uh, they're picking up the storyline. They're starting to build right now, and right now storyline wise, they're going to be almost level to SmackDown right now. Which SmackDown was uh, the 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 leader of being the storyline right after the brand split. Traveling all over to SmackDown right after the pay-per-view, I do feel that they did not drop the ball on SmackDown. They still kept the energy high. They still keep the stories right where they need to be, and they're continuing to move forward. It doesn't seem like they're lost right now storyline-wise, and I feel like they're doing a a very great job building up to Roadblock uh, December the 18th here in Pittsburgh. So I'm looking forward to it. Got the tickets for Roadblock, and I'm looking for some great things happening. Indeed, very well. Um, real quick thoughts on uh, SmackDown. Smack SmackDown, SmackDown, a tremendous, tremendous show straight off the pay per view, man. Um, a lot of great things happening. Actually, I was just watching a little bit of the reruns uh, toward the beginning. I came in in the middle, and um, you know, a lot of great things happening tag team wise. Uh, Am, um, uh, goodness, I almost said Ambrose. Uh, uh, what's his name? Just lost a Rhino. Uh, we have I got kids. I got kids. Oh, he's later. later. Uh, <laughs> uh, still, still doing their thing. You know, we see them doing their thing. Um, we have the Ascension. We, we, we have so many of them. Tag team right now is hot. We have the Wyatt family, the new SmackDown tag team champions. The tag team game right now is hot, which is a lot of times we don't see it. We see it hot for a little bit, and they trail off. They are still moving in the great direction, in the right direction. We still seen some of the main storylines still moving. Continuing to move, it's very hard to come off a pay per view like this and to keep the ball moving. A lot of times, you know, as you know, as you've probably seen as well, Chris, and those that are listening, that sometimes right after a, a great pay per view, you can have a lot of things get lost. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think your analysis deserves this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so real quick, uh, you said and, but uh, it looks like I got cut off here. Uh, Real quick, let's do the Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, right now, are you still there with us? Uh, Still there in the queue. Real quick, all right, so the five, so the five, uh, flavor of the week this week is the five. Let me know whenever you're on the on run now. Um, yeah. All right. So the other five uh, person people for the uh, flavor of the week is uh, real quick. The top five uh, surprise entrants that I like to see on uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, number five, real quick, is Sid. I think he'll bring uh, Augusto. There we go, right now. All right, uh, real quick, right now. What is uh, who is your number one? Uh, we only have time for uh, for you to let us know your number one flavor of the week this week uh, is the. Um, I'm going to give my top five real quick, but uh, let, let me gotcha. let me just hear your your number one. Uh, Thirty seconds. Your number one person who you'd like to see as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. My number one that I would like to see as a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble is probably not going to be a surprise since we've seen it coming up. I'm looking for Goldberg to come in. I'm looking for him to come in about early middle of the round, uh, probably about pick number ten, tear up the uh, tear up the roster, and uh, have Brock Lesnar come in at number thirty. They they clean complete house, and it's just those two standing toe to toe. Those are going to be my top two, 
And uh, I always want to see a, a return from my man, uh, Boogeyman. So <laughs> looking to see some things between him and Bray Wyatt. So. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, number five, real quick. Is, go ahead. No, no, I said you didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not at all. <laughs> not, not even close. <laughs> real quick, my number five is Sid. Um, he brings the you know nostalgia back like they do every year. Number four, Steve Carino. Um, he signed as a trainer with the WWE, and that would be interesting to see him in. Uh, number three is Cody Rhodes. Uh, you know, just even if they don't do a, a contract, you know, it'll be very. I mean, he'll get a resounding ovation. My um, number two, for some oh, reason, yeah. is Road Warrior Animal. He'll bring that nostalgia back as well because I like to just yeah. nostalgia surprise returns. And my number one, man, I'm still holding on to Kurt Angle. I still, you know, still would love for him to be a surprise entrant. Uh, and the Royal Rumble and the place would just erupt <laughs> without a, without a uh, doubt. Right now, where can we find you on social media? Let us know, uh, you know, some indie dates and uh, your other endeavors. Listen, my man, you can find me on social media on Twitter, Hunt 7 or you can just look up The Rev Ron Hunt. You can find me on Facebook as well. Look up The Rev Ron Hunt. And I am on Instagram, Rev underscore Ron Hunt. All of the wrestling information you know will be on the social media, but this Friday we have PWX Rise of the Stronghold right in Collinsville, Pennsylvania. Going to be a tremendous show. Going to be doing some live preview shows for them as well. You can go to www.pwxtv.com, and you can find all of our dates there in particular in the Pittsburgh area, and um, we're, we're going to be doing some big things, running some chaos with a few people. But you can find me on all social media. Also, you can find me on ChairShot Real- Chair Reality on Twitter. Look us up, CS Reality. We're going to be live on YouTube on WrestleZone.com Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of every week discussing some of the hottest things within world wrestling entertainment. Awesome. Once again, that's PWXTV.com, ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Kudos to WrestleZone. They cover so many of my pieces, so I definitely got to give them some love. But a pleasure having you on the show tonight as a guest co-host, Ronell, and hopefully we'll uh, bring you back again. My man, Chris, thank you very much, and I'll be waiting for my pancakes in the mail. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> hey, not a problem. Have a good night, my man. You too, my Thanks so much for all the listeners. Uh, for 245 episodes, this uh, is going to conclude the show pancakes of power slams ladies and gentlemen this is chris featherstone again what's uh thanks for tomorrow hunt for being the run l hunt for being the guest co-host of the show tonight uh, next week we have thea trinidad uh, formerly rosita and tna former tna knockouts heavy uh tag team champion i'm really excited to uh interview and uh bring home the show next week until then god bless you all crave wrestling pancakes and power slams episode 245 signing off thanks so much have a good night Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.